gypsies, we go down the highway. This is a Cross of Grace Lutheran Church sermon podcast. On Sunday, August 23rd, 2020, we gathered to worship on the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. We continued our worship series, On the Road Again, Jesus Has Left the Building. Pastor Aaron Stamper preached on the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses 13 through 35, the story of the two travelers on the Emmaus Road. I can't wait to get on the road again. I can't wait to get on the road again. Now on that same day, two of the disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with one another as you walk along? They stood still looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have taken place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in and stayed with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was walking and talking with us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, for they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has indeed risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread, the gospel of the Lord. Well, friends, we are nearing the end of our On the Road Again series, so it's fitting that today's story is about Jesus' last road trip 
before his ascension. This Emmaus Road story is probably a familiar one, especially since Pastor Mark just preached on this story a few weeks ago. But this time the story hits me in a little different way uh, as a message of hope and a reminder that God is always speaking to us. So I want to begin by telling you about my watch. A couple Christmases ago, my wife bought me a Garmin smartwatch. Now I don't utilize 10% of what it's capable of. I just use it to keep track of time and keep track of my daily step count. I was surprised at how quickly I allowed this little device here to determine my worth and value as a human being. Let me explain. Each night before I got into bed, I would check my watch to see if I hit my magic total of 10,000 steps for the day. Anything under 10,000 steps and I felt like a failure. Anything over, and I felt like I couldn't possibly have been a more fantastic human being for that day. So as far as measures of a man go, uh, it's a pretty weak one, but at least it was something that was quantifiable, unlike those other more meaningful measures like character and relationships. Now, it should be noted, I did employ some mind games in relation to that daily step count total. I noticed that when I, or there were times when I noticed that I was not actually receiving credit for steps I knew that I had been taking, especially when I was mowing the grass. I guess it's because I have a push mower and my hands are kind of up high and steady the whole time. Same thing happens when I go grocery shopping and I push a cart. Uh, I don't get any credit for any of those steps. And it's just, it's devastating to me that I don't get credit for every single step that I took. So yes, mind games here. Uh, there would be nights when I would have shopped or mowed where my step count would be under 10,000. And so what I would do is I would mentally bridge that gap of whatever it was with some arbitrary value that I placed on mowing, right? So if I was 800 steps short mowing that day would have obviously given me 800 steps. If I was 3,000 under, well, mowing that exact same yard, sure, that was about 3,000 steps, no problem. But what really hurt was when I discovered the opposite was true. And that is that my watch was giving me credit for steps that I knew deep down I had not earned. This was made explicitly clear to me following a drive I once took to Chicago. I left early in the morning. I didn't go for a walk or anything beforehand. I stepped out of the car when I got to Chicago and I glanced at my watch, just double checked I had arrived on time. And I noticed that my step count had surpassed 5,000 steps for the day, which tells me that my car needs new struts or something because the vibration must have convinced my watch that I had been walking for those four hours. So I did go for a walk later that day and I ended up with way over 10,000 steps. And as much as I tried to own it, I heard the little voice in my head telling me that those steps were a lie. Now, this watch is incapable of giving me an accurate reading of my actual steps. 
but it's pretty accurate with regards to my soul. See, ever since I owned and worn this watch, a little voice in my head has been telling me not only was a step count not accurate, but that it was counting things that ultimately don't matter. That's not to say that movement and activity and exercise is unimportant, but it certainly doesn't correlate with character. Now, I think about that when I read about the two Christ followers on the road to Emmaus, all the while accompanied by Jesus himself, though they did not know him. These two characters are so focused on the wrong things, namely their disappointment and grief, that they just flat out missed the presence of Jesus. And yet once Jesus was revealed to them in the breaking of bread, one of them says, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening scripture to us? You see, I'm pretty sure we all have little voices and burning hearts desperately trying to crack through the surface of our thoughts. But our egos go to great lengths to keep them submerged. These little voices, these burning heart whispers are one of the significant ways that God speaks to us. God gives us permission, even encourages us to pay attention to the whispers of our own burning heart. In the story about my watch, my little voice, my burning heart whispers were telling me to stop lying to myself about the steps, that they were not a measure of my value as a human being. In the story of the Emmaus Road, the little voices and burning heart whispers were telling them that Jesus was very much among them and alive, physically, materially, even though he had died. I'm confident that each one of you has a little voice, a burning heart, whispering profound, beautiful, and God-given truth to you throughout the day. I'm confident that each one of you, like me, like those two on the road, usually fail to hear or heed them, often because you're too busy paying attention to the loud voices of your selfish desires, your distorted impressions of yourself. Tell me I'm not the only one here. Think back to a recent argument or conflict in which you were engaged with someone else. At any point, did you hear a little voice whispering, you can let this one go. You can walk away. You can be right and not have to prove it by tearing the other person down. But what happened instead? Your pride, your ego took hold, your heels dug in, and the conflict still lingers today. Again, please tell me I'm not the only one. Think back to a recent time in which you spent incredible time and energy reminding yourself of all the ways you're a failure or disappointment. Did you ever hear a little voice, a burning heart, whispering the truth that you are a beloved image bearer of the divine, worthy of love, 
and respect. That last time that you reached for something to fill the void of sadness and loss, something like a, another scoop of ice cream or poured yourself another drink or watched yet another episode of that Netflix show just to occupy your mind, to numb and narcoticize yourself from the pain of your existence. And yet there's that little voice saying, you are good enough. Things are going to be okay. Those little voices, those burning heart whispers. I mean, for some reason, and this is a well-established scientific fact, our negative and damaging thoughts carry way more weight in our minds than the positive ones do. That's as true for us as it was back in biblical times. These Emmaus travelers had faith in the good news that Jesus was alive. However, their disappointments and focus on the situation at hand kept that truth buried. I mean, it's easy to let all that bad stuff build up on the surface of our lives so much that it's all we end up noticing. But here are the good news. Those whispers are good news. Those good news whispers become shouts and their burning hearts become raging fires of the spirit through something as simple as the sharing of a meal after a long journey. The two travelers had ventured far enough away from Jerusalem, far enough away from the center of their disappointment and pain that Christ was able to break through them through something as simple and ordinary as a shared loaf of bread. It took those travelers a seven-mile journey on foot. It took me a 200-mile shaky car ride to Chicago. I don't know how much distance you will need to put between yourself and all the lies that you're telling yourself. But I do know that God will break through the surface and fan the flame of your heart that had been burning all along with the knowledge and love of God. I'm not suggesting that you have to run away from your problems to solve them. But a little road trip often yields just enough perspective to see things for what they really are. Amen.